Hey guys, Josh here. I just wanted to take a second and let you know about this amazing new product called MultiplayerSquad.com. It's the greatest new addition to gaming. Well, I mean, practically life. It's sure to fill you with glee, help you make new friends, and expose you to all sorts of awesome memes. It's got the best community of gamers around, and more than that, it's the best way to help support the show and let us keep providing awesome content. What? I gotta read this disclaimer for legal reasons. Warning, MultiplayerSquad.com can cause feelings of joy, happiness, companionship, ownage, and all-around sense of being awesome. If you notice yourself acting more like Josh, please discontinue use immediately and seek professional help. Hey, who put that in there? Paul! Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast, where three dads get together and chat about gaming in a family-friendly format. If you have not already done so, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars and leave a written review. You can also check us out everywhere on social media at MultiplayerPod, and we would also ask you to consider joining us on Patreon. We are an independent podcast, which means that the three of us operate entirely on our own, and we are funded by our listeners, so you can visit MultiplayerSquad.com to see our Patreon page. Not only will you have an opportunity to help fund the podcast, but on top of that, you'll also get some awesome perks like two extra quick take episodes every week and early access to episodes. All right, let's do introductions. I am your host, Paul, and just like Uncle Scar... I'm surrounded by idiots. Uh, Josh, go ahead and say hello to the people. <laughs> wait, am I Scar or am I the idiot? <laughs> no, no, I'm Which, I'm wait. I'm Uncle Scar oh, in this scenario. So I'm the hyena then. <laughs> you are Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know what, dude. The hyenas are so happy all the time. I'll take it. <laughs> You're okay with it? Yeah, they're laughing and, and, all the time. Yeah, and we also have Michael with us. Now, Michael's actually an epic supporter of our show on Patreon. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be calling him an idiot. Michael, how are you doing today? <laughs> doing pretty well. Uh, uh, maybe I am kind of an idiot because I haven't canceled my epic support yet. But you keep reminding me to every show, which is great. And, you know, speaking of Scar, it's funny. I, I think of Jaskar, who was a character from Oblivion. Now nah, I'm not going to go to the Hero of Kvatch this time. Let's keep going with the show. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, do you guys think our listeners understand that sarcasm is one of my love languages, or do you think that they just get turned off and think that I'm mean here in the intros of the show? Win-win either way. <laughs> you know. If they don't get it, then the show's not for them anyway. So yeah. it's a good litmus test. No. No. Never. <laughs> All right. Well, today is Thursday, which means that we're going to be having a Twig episode here, which stands for This Week in Gaming. We had some major releases this week of gaming and hardware. We also had some huge news stories. Let's get into it. I'm really excited to talk about these things, guys. First of all, biggest news of the week, bar none, Elden Ring released on February 25th. We have jumped in. We are playing the game. It is going to be an upcoming deep dive, but Elden Ring's finally here, guys. Yeah, that's really exciting. Uh, I've never heard of it, obviously, but uh, no, it says nobody in the entire world. This game's been touted from the rooftops of every country, and uh, super excited. Big game, big game. Yeah, I I was very excited to the point where I had like even done work ahead of time so that I could try to play like right when the game released. <laughs> you know, clicking like Steam going, you know, hey, it's 4 p.m. Like it's not letting me patch it to where I can play yet kind of thing. So I was very, very hyped for it. What got me even more hyped was 
24 hours beforehand, they they released the review embargo. And so yeah. reviews started coming out. And they were just... I, I thought maybe somebody was making a meme or trolling a little bit because like... 20 out of the the 21 reviews were like 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Yeah. Right. And I was like, "Wait, wait, is it is it really that good? Like it can't be that good, is it?" And and then we got to play it and the world got to play it. We're going to deep dive it. I won't spoil anything other than that I have been playing it a lot. Uh I I have died about 40 times trying to kill the latest boss. Uh, some some words may have issued forth from me, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of the, the people are saying it's one of the highest rated games in like the last decade before it came out. Yes, now that's that's the thing, right? Like we saw all these reviews coming in. I even said the lowest review I could find was an eight out of ten, and almost all of them were ten out of ten. Now, granted, this is a Dark Souls game, they have making the leap to being open world. We expected this game to get great reviews. Very early on, we were saying it's going to be a game of the year, you know, heavyweight cha- uh, heavyweight favorite going into the game awards. Now, the people have been having some issues with Elden Ring. So even people though we're not going to go into yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about the game. We're going to save that for the deep dive, but just talking about the news this week. PC players are not particularly happy with this port. I'm a PC player and I'm happy with it. But <laughs> what, I, what about you? <laughs> what about you, Michael? Are you having any issues on on PC? Yeah, so it's interesting because I I didn't know that apparently there's a few bugs out there and there's only a couple of like well-known ones. I experienced both of the bigger ones. That being said, when it comes to big launches and big releases, I, I'm used to doing this, but I definitely did experience the controller issue that that has uh, been kind of plaguing a lot of people where if you have a keyboard that's like a non-basic keyboard, like a, ba- uh, like a gaming keyboard, that you might have to actually unplug it while the game is loading. Otherwise, it thinks your keyboard is a controller and you can't <laughs> do anything with your controller. I did experience that. And then so my solution to that was I don't want to unplug my keyboard because I'm lazy, I'm going to load it on my laptop real fast. So I went and loaded it on my laptop because I'm like, it's a built-in keyboard. Can't unplug it. Let's try it out. And my laptop gave me the error that frame rate was not supported for online play. And when that happens, you literally can't do anything. You have to close the game. Um, but I was able to work around that on as well because there, there's uh, immediate Reddit articles talking about how to do it and gave several solutions. The unplugging the keyboard is pretty common. Um, on the issue with the frame rate not supported, all I had to do was tell my graphics setting in Windows to prioritize that game on high performance, and that fixed the issue. I was able to load the game and uh, and I'm ready to ready to rock it and bang my face against my unplugged keyboard as I want to throw it out the window because it's really hard. It does seem a little temperamental. Like most people, I know that Josh has had smooth sales. My controller and keyboard have had no problems in the game at all. I am suffering from the frame rate issues where several times out of nowhere it just drops and I don't understand why I'm running it with a 2080 Ti. I don't have an absolute top of the line system, but it's a pretty beefy PC. Yeah, that GPU shouldn't give you a problem at all with almost any game. It's still very right. Yeah, yeah it, it, exactly. So, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are ranking Elden Ring relatively low given the technical issues. Uh, Josh, I think you had some strong feelings on the subject. I got very strong. Okay. All right. Josh I, has strong I, feelings me, about let something? Me, let me step on my soapbox for a second. Okay. 
All right, mm-hmm. I'm a Dark Souls fan of the of the the series, and I'm just gonna say like the genre at this point because I feel like it created its own genre. I yes, I am a fan. Here's the problem: Elden Ring in my playtime so far is a great game. Does it have issues? Yes, it does. Like I I I get it. I understand that there's people that are frustrated with some of these issues. A very quick Google search and a couple little things. It took me five minutes to resolve the the frame rate issues and the controller bug and all that stuff. And yes, it's not ideal, but it's not. This is not like game breaking type stuff. It wasn't hard to fix, right? Exactly. And I get that there might be people that are experiencing like bigger technical issues, but that's any game, dude. If you ever go onto a game forum and go into the support site, there's people like this game crashes every time I try to load it. I want my money back. And it's like, that's not necessarily the game developer's fault, right? Like just there's, that's the issue with hardware. And that's one of the problems with PC gaming is that it's not like an Xbox or a PlayStation where it's the exact same hardware in every single system. So yes, you do run into these things. Here's where I get upset. I used to have an ultra wide monitor, right? I I love that monitor. Ultra wide is phenomenal. And when a game would release that didn't have ultra wide support, I would go, ah, this sucks, man. Like, come on. Now I have to go to a website. I have to download a hacked EXE file so that I can play an ultra wide. It's just part of the game. Like that's part of having the fancy peripherals and stuff like that. But there are people that are review bombing Elden Ring because it doesn't have ultra wide support. Right. And it's like, come on, dude. Like as gamers, you know, it's getting to the point where it's like, like, it's just sad. It makes me sad as a gamer to see other gamers review bombing a game that is a great video game because it doesn't have ultra wide support. Like, stop it. Stop giving it bad reviews because of one tiny little thing. If the game sucks, leave a bad review. If the game's not for you, I have a feeling that Paul and Michael are not going to like Elden Ring. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But if they don't like it, that's fine. It's not their style of game. But you don't review bomb it and say, oh, it doesn't have ultra wide support. I'm just going to trash this game into the ground. Yeah. So on on the review bombing, to your point, Josh, I feel like a review for a game shouldn't necessarily take into effect, like you said, if there's an issue with your hardware on your computer and you have to do little tweaks here to get it to work. Because, you know, just like we were just talking about, everything is different in a PC. It's not like the PS4 or PS5, which are the exact same as other ones. You're going to run into issues here and there. And if you're running an ultra wide, you already know that you're probably not going to be supported a whole lot. I feel like reviews should really be catered a lot more to the game and the gameplay and the game style, the story, all of that stuff. Now, here's a question I have for you guys. As I was thinking about the review bombs, I know that Elden Ring seems to have had a lot more of a widely publicized release than some of the other Dark Souls games. Uh, Namely, it's, it's... it's open box, you know, it's uh, it's a full world explorer, so it might attract a lot more players. Do you think it's possible that because of the larger word of mouth piece of this, that more casual gamers who aren't used to Elden Ring have been attracted to this game, have recognized that it's ridiculously hard and are now review bombing it because they're not used to playing this game versus something like Skyrim, which is your typical open world? So here's the thing. Whenever we deep dive a game, we always guess what the Steam score is, right? Mm -hmm. So I try to stay away from looking at any reviews. Now, one of the headlines I saw this week said, Elden Ring releases to mixed Steam reviews. So I felt like, already, okay, fine. It's already cats out of the bag. Oh, no. I already know roughly where the score is. So I looked on Steam, 
And almost all the negative reviews that I'm reading are about the technical issues, the frame rate dropouts. I think some people feel a little frustrated because, like, I was willing to overlook Cyberpunk's technical issues because I really loved the story. And Elden Ring barely has a story at all. (laughs) And the game is almost entirely gameplay. And so when the game is suddenly dropping down to, like, nine frames a second... I can get why that would irk people. I, I don't know that this is terribly different than any of these other games where we have gone on the show and, and talked about why don't we get final released games that have been widely tested, they knock out all the bugs. I think people are just kind of sick of that. Like, God of War came out on PC. I don't know that anyone has suffered a single technical issue. Everyone yeah. seems to run the game flawlessly. So I think for a lot of people, it's hard to swallow these performance issues now do i think it's game breaking absolutely not you can fix it there are workarounds it's not ideal but i think people are just feeling like this is the straw on the camel's back we've seen it done right why didn't they do it right like the others did so it's possible that this is basically just a victim of the fact that people are fatigued from having all of these issues with bad releases and there's a few good eggs out there like god of war that did it right and as a I result, when they it. do it wrong, mm-hmm. people are just turned off by it. it makes sense. It, it is sad that God of War is the exception to a PC port. Like honestly, <laughs> right. like Elden Ring is a. It was developed for console. Like everybody knows, hey, it's Bandai Namco. It, you know, they developed this game for console, and then they went, hey, we want to release this on PC. So I'm very glad that they released it on PC because I'd be very upset if I couldn't play Elden Ring. So it's one of those things where, yes, maybe the PC port was an afterthought. Now I, I. I fully admit, maybe I'm one of the lucky few, but I have zero issues with this game with the exception of the controller bug. Now, I do have a very beefy GPU. I've got a good computer. I get that there's people out there that don't, and maybe they're suffering more. My personal experience with it is I feel like people are overreacting. When you're slamming a game because there's no ultra-wide support, or you're slamming it because it's locked at 60 frames a second, like, yes, do I want to play Elden Ring at 144 frames a second? Of course I do. That's why I have the computer I have. That's why I have the monitor that I have. But is it like, is that a reason for me to go and say, hey, I don't think other people should play this game? That's the point of a review, right? Is to say, hey, should you play this or shouldn't you? And the gameplay in Elden Ring's phenomenal. Now, Paul likes the story better than I do. I don't care about a story so much. I care about combat and gameplay, right? That's why the show's great, because we're all different. So for me, the gameplay is everything, right? And the gameplay in Elden Ring is great. And so I get frustrated when somebody's saying, don't play this game because it doesn't work on my ultra-wide monitor, or don't play this game because I can't get more than 60 frames a second. 90% of the world games at 60 frames per second. Right. Like, that's, I get it. Like, (laughs) yes, you're upset that it's not more, but that doesn't mean that it deserves a negative review at that point. We're very spoiled when we complain that we can't get over 60 frames and a it, second. It drives me bananas that, some, that there's people that are review bombing a game for something yeah. so stupid, man. I, I remember when we were like teenagers and, you know, you've got your budget PC that's a piece of crap. And it's like, well, let's get like 28 frames a second. I can make this work. Right. And then, and then a couple of years later, yeah, we just go bananas if we can't get a full 144. Uh, last thing I did want to mention about Elden Ring before we move on to the rest of this week is that a Japanese developer called Pocket Pair 
actually gave all of their employees Friday off because they admitted ahead of time, we know everyone's going to be distracted and wanting to talk about and look up videos on Elden Ring. So we're just going to give everybody the day off. And they are also making Monday after release an optional day as well, giving people a four-day weekend to just crack out on Elden Ring. We've seen some other studios do this before with like Monster Hunter. Mm -hmm. But this just really cracks me up that even employers are proactively giving days off. I, I think this really kind of also speaks to how much video games now have influenced our culture, you know? Yeah. As far as, like, East, I, man, uh, Josh, you know, back when we were playing EverQuest, yeah, when a new expansion came out, or even World of Warcraft players, or anyone that played back, you know, during that era of time, we did take it to work. And it was, I was a salesman on days when there was launches and I had to go to work, I didn't sell anything because all I was doing was thinking about how I just wanted to go home and slay this raid boss and all that stuff. And it's funny that now it's okay. Like employers are saying, we understand you won't be able to focus on this game, which is what the CEO said. (laughs) He's worried they won't focus because they're going to be too busy thinking about the game. I'm like, man, if only we had that back in 2001 when Scars of Velius came out (laughs) or whatever. I love the trend, to be honest. That just It tells you something about a company's just kind of underlying mindset when they say, hey, we want to give people a day off to go play video games and do something that they love. Like To me, that says an awful lot. I really wish that that would make its way to the US. Heck yeah. Because <laughs> there ain't no companies in the United States that are doing that. But I really, it always makes me smile. Like legitimately, when I hear about a company saying, hey, here's a big game release. We know everybody's super excited for it. Why don't you guys take the day off and go play this game? And then I think, man, how come they're not jinxing it? How come when I try to take a day off to play a new release, like everything goes wrong and I don't get to play the new release that day? And yet nobody else has taken the blame when entire companies are getting the day off. It, it's funny you said that because like companies should do that. So a couple of years ago, a company I work for got rid of a couple of holidays and just said, we're going to replace these with floating holidays and use them for whatever you want. So of course, my thought was I'm going to use it for the day after the Super Bowl because I'm either going to be very sad or very happy and I just want to take the day off. I'm going to use the other one for a video game launch. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've heard a lot of people say the day after the Super Bowl should be made a federal holiday. Just give everybody the day off. Um, right. All right, Mostly so just clean up my house after the people that come over and trash it. <laughs> that too. Yeah, you need to get the house back in order. Uh, the other big news this week is that the Steam Deck, which we have talked about on the show, not terribly often, but it's been brought up. It did technically release on February 25th. Not not a widespread release yet, but we are seeing some of those uh, pre-orders get fulfilled. Michael, I'm going to toss this one to you because I think you're the one that's most interested in the Steam Deck out of the three of us. Yeah, right when I heard about the Steam Deck, I instantly got super excited because it was truly a handheld, like, full power, a little bit more than what you have, you know on you know what nintendo has with the switch where you know they'll tone down games a little bit to be able to play uh the game example for that is like skyrim skyrim on the on the on the switch is definitely playable but the graphics are toned down a little bit and stream deck is basically saying we're not going to have to do that as much we're going to make it so games are compatible you can play them on the go and i am a person who travels for work quite a bit so i thought this was great for me i pre-ordered mine in july of last year and uh, I got a note on Steam basically when I went in there because I know I noticed that it launched. Get, get this, this is July of last year. It's quite a while ago, and they're saying I won't get mine until after Q2, most likely, which is crazy. But um, 
I'm super excited about it. Uh, they, you know, they did launch that tool though that you can you can actually go in and see which games you have that are compatible that you currently own in your Steam library to go and see if they'll actually work um, on the actual Steam Deck. And I actually looked at it. The tool's super easy to use, guys. It's it's the most simple thing on the planet. It's literally two buttons, and one of those buttons is hitting enter on your login on your Steam ID, which my computer remember what it was anyways. But it was nice, though, to see that you know notable games on my Steam library that actually work are games that I wouldn't have thought would have worked. Like Control works on there, oh, wow, and really? Control's a pretty yeah, Control's uh, yeah, a pretty that's... crazy game. Uh, Elden Ring is one of them. Uh, don't forget about Goat Simulator, guys. Goat Simulator is is playable, and then like <laughs> you all can my play that Jackson... on mobile. <laughs> I know, right? I just I had to mention <laughs> yeah. it because it's the most ridiculous idea for a game I've ever heard. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, just a few a few big games like that are are available on there, which I thought was surprising. Now. I, I'm gonna sound like the curmudgeon here because you guys know I don't do any kind of mobile gaming, right? I, we, we, my family has a Switch. I, the, I've never once played the Switch undocked. We, we literally use it as a permanent console. My wife, when she wants to play it, goes and sits, you know, in in the living room and turns the Switch on and then plays it on the TV, kind of thing. So I just, I, I don't find myself mobile gaming very much. I will say, as a non-mobile gamer, not being beholden to just Nintendo games sounds like an amazing premise you know and i think that's the one thing that if i wanted to get into the mobile gaming market the steam deck would be my go-to choice in that regard because it's like wait a minute you're telling me that i have access to like 80 percent of my steam library and i can play that anywhere in the world at any time like that is pretty exciting now, my initial response to that was like, yeah, but it's not going to play any good games, you know, or like, yeah, it's all the battery's <laughs> only going to last like 30 minutes or something like that. But I mean, if you can play Control and you can play Elden Ring and games like that on the Steam Deck, this could be pretty groundbreaking, you know, for gamers as as a whole. It helps being so versatile. And also, I think there's a huge market for people who want to get into PC gaming and they can't shell out 2000 bucks to build a PC. Like if you're a younger teenager who's working, maybe you can save up a little bit of money, add in your Christmas money, and now you can buy a Steam Deck, and now you can buy super cheap games, especially when they go on sale on Steam. I feel like there's a huge market and a lot of people are really excited about the Steam Deck. I know Josh and I don't care quite as much because 99% of my gaming I do in my office. I think it's a cool product. I don't have a personal desire to play it, but I can't wait until you get yours, Michael, and you can tell us how you like it. Yeah, and there's there's a couple of things that I think are noteworthy too when you talk about like PC gamers or, or console gamers who have wanted to break into the PC world. There's three different price points for this. I think it starts at five fifty and the top end is eight fifty. Okay, you can't build even a passable gaming PC for eight hundred and fifty dollars. Nope, it's gonna be close. I mean, that's what a mid-tier graphics card really costs right now, or mid to high tier. And so that's the thing I think that's nice about it is it also saves you money, not just on building PC hardware, but then like if I want to buy a mobile, let's say I, I I personally own Skyrim on my PC and I have it on my Switch, which means I bought it twice because I travel sometimes. And so being able to buy one game and to play it on the go or on my PC or to make the Steam Deck my PC... I think it's fantastic, especially for those out there who really can't afford to build um, a noteworthy or even okay PC for gaming. They have an answer here, and it's mobile. 
I really love that it's going to make PC gaming a little more accessible. All right. Now, I uh, I had no idea we were going to talk this long about Elden Ring and, and the Steam Deck, but this is great. <laughs> uh, we do have a couple of news stories that dropped this week. I think one of the ones we have to talk about is that we got news. There is no Call of Duty entry coming in 2023. We're used to getting these Call of Duties on a regular basis. We're not getting one next year. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't care. I mean, Absence yeah, I mean, makes the heart grow fonder. That was the first thing I, I thought. Like, exactly I'm okay right. with it. I, I mean, <laughs> are, are Call of Duty players really going to be upset that there's not a Call of Duty released every single year? I, I wonder, I should have done some research, but I wonder what the last year was where there was not a Call of Duty released. 2004. 2004. See, thank you, Michael. So it's been a while. Did the world go bananas in 2004 when they didn't release a Call of Duty that year? Like I don't. They were probably okay. Probably exactly. It's just it's kind of goofy that I mean, (laughs) I go back to Madden, right? Like Madden twenty twenty two is the same as Madden twenty twenty one. Will be the same as Madden twenty twenty three. Are we really getting anything different? Is it worth the sixty dollars like every single year to say, hey, I just played the new Call of Duty, guys? And it's like, you know, give me Modern Warfare too. That's the one that I'm I'm excited about. Yeah, you know, and I, I think too about it though is that you exactly proved like all of our lukewarm reception to this proves the exact point of what Vanguard was saying in all the articles. They say we feel like we're putting too many games out back to back, and it's really just inundating the market and causing less excitement for our releases. And that we just proved that exactly by just saying meh to the news, right? Yeah, I, I think it's a good thing, right? If you ha- if you go a few years in between, you get really excited. Now you don't necessarily have to wait as long as Halo Infinite, but you know maybe yeah. <laughs> a, a, an installment every other year is gonna be a little more exciting. Twenty years too long, every year too short. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle, right? And uh, while we're on the COD train here, we have talked a lot in the past about the issue of cheaters in Warzone. It's a famous problem. We have seen a lot of attempts to combat cheating in online battle royales. We have seen things like Cheater Island, where if you get caught cheating, you only get matched up against other cheaters. We've seen all of these measures to ban people's IPs or forcing them to create a new account. Well, we saw a new anti-cheat initiative that has just been launched where I think Warzone's taking a little bit of a unique approach to this. What they have done is that if they detect a cheater in the lobby, then they actually give every other PC player god mode, which means that they have a damage shield, which makes it impossible for the cheater to get critical hits against them, but it keeps everything the same for the non-cheaters battling each other. And I thought this was kind of an interesting idea to try to combat the cheating in Warzone. Well, I think it's it's uh, the I applaud their ingenuity. First of all, uh, second of all, I feel like it's it's they're just throwing spaghetti against the wall and saying what's going <laughs> to stick, what's going to stop the cheaters the mm-hmm. most, and we'll go with that. But I think it's I think it's hilarious. Why not? Yeah, I I love it. I'm all for like creative ways to troll people. And I feel like they're trolling the cheaters at this point because it's like if they know you're cheating, they could just ban you. Right. And they could just say like, hey, that's it. You're banned. Bye bye. But it's like the cheaters are going to be spending their time playing and then wondering like, dang it, why can't I kill that guy? The guy's going to kill them. They're going to get they're going to rage. 
which is awesome. Like it's the perfect solution to cheaters is to make them so mad that they just want to quit the game at that point. I think it's I think it's genius to be honest. Yeah, I think the best strategy is to try to waste their time. Right. If you just ban them, they're going to create another account. They're going to keep cheating. Warzone's right. free. There's nothing you can do to stop it. So you have to just waste their time. Make them keep playing, but take away the wins. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> now, I mean, obviously, let's be honest. It's not going to help because if they could have figured out how to how to stop cheaters by now, they wouldn't be working they on would, Warzone yeah. 2 at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's still a, a big enough issue, but at least this is a way to kind of level the playing field a, a little bit. Yeah, like I said, spaghetti on the wall. <laughs> let's just see if this one works. <laughs> is it going to stick? <laughs> Maybe not. Probably not. But it's funny. Yeah, it, at least it's an attempt. And since we are basically out of time here, I do feel like we need to mention one last story. Knockout City, which is a game that Josh and I deep dove back in the day. This is a dodgeball game that you can play online with your (laughs) friends. They are kind of adopting the Rocket League model, where the game used to be a a, a certain price to buy it. They are now going to a free-to-play model. And I think that's kind of exciting news, because it's always exciting when you can get a decent game for free. Josh, I know you prefer Rocket League vastly to Knockout City. I definitely see these as being similar games where it's like an arcade-style sport game. It's free. You can play with your buddies. I'm excited that it's free to play because I always thought it was a blast to hop in, even if just for a couple of rounds. Michael, did you ever play Knockout City? I didn't, but mostly because I don't typically want to pay for games that I'm like, I might casually play it, I might like it, I might not. Now that it's free to play, though, I actually kind of pricked my ears up a little bit because I might actually give it a shot. Yeah, it's it, we had a lot of fun with it. We did a deep dive episode, so if your ears have perked up as a listener and you go, ooh, I've heard of Knockout City, you can easily go back and listen to that episode. It's a fun game. It really is. It's one of those things where we, you know, we had a good time with it. You know, just like any game out there, I personally had a few issues with it, but I do remember having a very good time with this game. Um, I think it's not a like a long term game, but there's a lot of fun to be had, especially if you can play with friends, because you can do some really cool stuff with passing the ball and strategies and stuff like that. And I mean, let's be honest, who doesn't love dodgeball? (laughs) One of my all time favorite things with an online game like this is when you would get the dodgeball that would freeze an enemy and you would hit them and they would get like stuck inside like the prison ball and then you could pick it up and just chuck them off a ledge <laughs> and it was so satisfying every time you could get a kill that way it was truly hilarious i think anybody could at least squeeze 2 to 3 fun hours out of this game for some of you that's when it'll start to get old but now that it's free anyone can check it out how many people can play that game at the same time three people on a team so yeah it's 3v3 okay okay yeah it still sounds like a blast, and I want to do it. Yeah, yeah, very fun with the passing, and you have to try to time your catches if someone throws a ball at you, and all kinds of different power-ups and maps. Pretty pretty clever idea of a game. I don't know that I would have ever sought out a dodgeball game, but when the masses kind of told us you should check this game out, I found it to be a pleasant surprise. It, it's not a bad game by any stretch. It is for, for going free-to-play, it is well worth your time to go check it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, to go check it out, pick it up. If you, if it, if it's only fun for three hours for you, you just got three hours of fun for free, and you might find that you like it a lot more, and there's more staying power there. But it's, it is a very well-done game, so it's definitely worth the effort to pick it up. 
Yeah. Well, that's all that we have time for today, guys. These Twig episodes are always over before we know it. Uh, but we really appreciate all of you out there listening to this episode. Make sure to come check out our Patreon page at Multiplayer Squad. And also, if you want to come join the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast community, come check us out on Discord. Completely free. Open up to the public. Anybody can join. There is a link in the episode description. And we would also love to hear from you guys on social media. So Michael's been heading that up. You can find us everywhere at Multiplayer Pod. But we would love to hear from you guys. You know, what are the games that you want us to deep dive? What are some of your favorite games and and your suggestions? What are your ideas for future bonus round episodes? We would love to hear from you guys. So whether that's on social media or Discord, come hit us up. We would love to, to to be able to touch base with you that way. And that's it. Guys, we're going to be back uh, for our next episode on Monday. Until then, happy gaming, everyone. See you, everybody. It's been fun. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time.